Hello! A very warm Sunday morning welcome to you. You're listening to St. Mark Lutheran Church in Bemidji's podcast, brought to you by a congregation that used to be addicted to the hokey pokey, until we turned ourselves around. Since we have the pleasure of an extra Wednesday service through Easter, we will do something a little different with our modest podcast. We will continue two short devotions a week, but on Wednesdays, we will instead have the midweek sermon from St. Mark. Our Sunday podcast will continue to alternate sermons between Grace Lutheran in Sioux City and St. Mark in Bemidji. I think you will enjoy the overarching theme, Crushed, presented through both the Wednesday and Sunday sermons. If you haven't subscribed yet, now would be a great time to do so, so you don't miss any of these meditations. If you are interested in learning more about our ministry, we have a couple of websites you may be interested in. Our church's homepage at www.stmarksbemidji.org and Sioux City's congregation at Grace Lutheran can be found at gracelutheransc.wordpress.com. If you missed that, take a glance at the show notes and the details of the podcast for those same links. I also want to hear from you. If you have any feedback on the podcast or you just want to say hi to me, drop a line at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org. Our sermon for today is titled, No Condemnation and is based upon a reading from Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 10. We read, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemns sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. In the name of our merciful and gracious God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In a trial, you know how it usually goes. There's evidence brought forward for everybody to see. Witnesses are brought in to testify. A jury meets, and they discuss the sentence to be handed down, innocent or guilty, go free, or to be condemned. Sometimes we have the opportunity to see high-profile cases, high-profile trials with famous people, and through the media and what have you, Facebook, we follow these things, and oftentimes we come up with a verdict on our own, don't we? Well, that guy just looks guilty, or there's no way they could have done it. 
This is how a trial typically goes. One thing that we don't like is a show trial, right? We know what those are, where there's already a foregone conclusion. We want a fair trial. Present the evidence honestly. Bring in honest witnesses. We don't like a fair trial. We associate that with authoritarian powers and people that just want to keep control. We don't like those things at all. One day, there will be a show trial with a foregone conclusion. And it will be you and I who are on trial. And the same things will happen. The evidence will be brought out for all the world to see. And this trial will have nothing to do with any earthly matter or anything that we have done, but rather with the eternal destiny of our souls. And it will be a show trial. St. Paul, in Romans chapter 8, gives to you and I, brothers and sisters in Christ, what that verdict will already be. He says, therefore, there is now no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Even with the evidence stacked against us, even with a hundred people more in our lives who could speak to how we wronged them in one way, shape, or form, even though we know by rights we don't, get, we don't deserve such a verdict, how can this possibly be no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? Sounds easy. Sounds too easy. One might even possibly be forgiven for hearing such words and saying, that's impossible. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? Dare I say, it almost sounds a bit scandalous. The last hymn that we sang, Amazing Grace, I don't know if you know the story behind it, but it was written by a man who trafficked slaves. What about him? What about the CEO who launders tons and tons of money and ruins the lives of his employees? What about him? What about the serial killer? What about the dealer? What about the drunk? What about the kid in school that everybody always knows is up to no good and will come of nothing? We like to come up with our own verdict. We see sin in the world. We see sinners in the world and we so easily condemn them. So even our sinful hearts see this verdict of St. Paul. No condemnation. And we say, too easy. Sounds like an excuse to get off scot-free. See, to us in the world around us, the idea of no condemnation sounds so strange, sounds so foreign, because condemnation is a staple of our every single day, our everyday lives. It's a system that we operate under. It's a system that we are familiar with. Paul refers to it as the law of sin and death. The verdict of the law is condemnation. This is what we're familiar with. This is what comes easiest to us. 
We judge others, others judge us, we judge ourselves, others are quick to condemn us, we are quick to condemn others, we judge ourselves by the law of sin and death. Our world is absolutely bent on it. And on a misplaced a misplaced sense of trying to uphold it. When it comes down to this law of sin and death, condemnation being the verdict, the only verdict that it can render, it leads us sinful people into this endless cycle of frustration. Let me give you an example. When I was growing up, there was always a movement or something along those lines where people were trying to boycott or cancel certain artists or music or video games because they didn't conform to wholesome, upright standards of society. Many artists or video games even were blamed for tragedies that happened. Tragedies like school shootings and whatnot. I remember Columbine High School shooting being the big one. Everybody blamed Marilyn Manson and they blamed a video game for the cause of that. Everybody wanted to cancel him and they wanted to cancel the video game. And today we see something similar going on. We see something similar in what appears to be a call to find racism or sexism or homophobia in everything, to cancel it, to subdue it, to condemn it. Now, don't get me wrong. I am in no way, shape, or form suggesting that we go and indulge in pornography or listen to suggestive music or movies. And in obviously, obviously, in the same way, I'm not suggesting that we go around being racist or sexist, or try to violently persecute those who suffer or struggle with the sin of same-sex attraction. My point is simply this. Despite my condemnation, despite your condemnation, despite our world's condemnation of all of those things that we deem so evil, all of it is plainly still around. What are we condemning today? What will we try to condemn next year? We are seemingly trapped in this endless cycle of condemnation ourselves and our other and others. Cancel it, quash it, silence it, condemn it. And the weird, crazy thing is, and the great irony about it all, is the things that we condemn in the world around us are oftentimes the very things that we ourselves are guilty of. It's like what Paul says earlier in Romans chapter 7. The good that I want to do, I do not do. The evil that I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. This is the law of sin and death. The law that condemns is natural to us and it makes sense to us. Yet, it condemns us. So we hear St. Paul's words. The verdict of this show trial there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Too easy? The question is easy for who? 
what Paul puts in a nutshell here is by no means easy to accomplish. He said, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned sin in the flesh. Can recall what that looked like. And how not easy that was. The condemnation of Christ. He was condemned by His people. He was condemned by Pilate. He was condemned and forsaken by God Himself. He was condemned to crucifixion. Roman crucifixion was a process by which uh, 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 that, uh, that systematically sought to strip somebody not just of their dignity, but of their own humanity. So that everybody that saw them and held them and that last visible image of them alive on this earth, that that would be an image that they would want to forget but can't. A very real hell existed there on Calvary as God condemned His Son for the sin of the world. I was reading a devotion the other night and we read through the... Uh, it's, a, it's not the Adventure Bible. I can't think of what it's called. It's a, it's a kid's Bible though. You open it up and you find the page of the crucifixion and it's a shot. The, the painting is like a shot from the back of the cross looking up onto the hill. We see in our Sunday school materials, we have these sanitized images of what the crucifixion looks like. Some of us wear crucifixes on our jewelry. We look at the image of the cross as something that's easy to look at. But we would never, we would never stand there and allow our children to stand atop that windswept hill on that day and watch what happened to Jesus. We would not stand there and make them force them to watch Christ's naked, contorted body, His eyes wild, searching a blank sky while armored men brutally drove spikes into His hands. Could we watch it? It would make us sick to watch it. To stand there for the whole time and watch as He suffered and writhed in agony on that cross, condemned in that horrendous scene. Awful. Horrible. Grotesque. But strangely beautiful. condemnation of Christ. There is the glory of God. Such as the scene of His condemnation. The Son of God for the sin of the world. It's been said before that the spot where Christ was crucified marks the place where the world failed. Marks the place where the disciples failed. Marks the spot where we all fail where pastors cease to be proud of a nice sermon, where churches are shaken out of their serene complacency. The cross marks the place where we all become beggars. 
The cross makes a mockery of our own attempts to defend ourselves before God. The cross makes foolish our condemnation of others and even of ourselves. We view the condemnation of Christ for us in all of its grotesque beauty. And we are not, we have nothing else left to do but cry out for our own lives. To hit our knees to the ground with tears of repentance and thanksgiving to God. Because no, this is not easy. This is not cheap grace. In the crucifixion of Jesus, in His condemnation, it is the one thing that leaves the believer convinced. As we see Him forsaken and condemned by His people, by Pilate, by, his, by the world around Him, forsaken by God Himself, we see that there is no condemnation left for sin. It cannot be rendered anymore. Therefore, there is no condemnation left for those who are in Christ Jesus. It has been satisfied. Because of the cross of Christ, Jesus was condemned as the slave driver. Jesus was condemned as the money laundering CEO. Jesus was condemned as the serial killer and the drunk and the stripper and the dealer and the bully or the offensive artist, the violent filmmaker, the raunchy musician, the abusive parent, the adulterer, the homosexual. That was Jesus' condemnation as He bore the guilt of the world. His condemnation was on cosmic display that left no doubt to the believer that would see it that as He became one of us, God condemned sin in the flesh, in His flesh, condemned Him as one of us. And we who believe are found in Him and no more condemnation remains. You are not condemned. We are not condemned. With Christ, you're either in or you're out. And the latter is too horrible to think about. But you, my friends, you are in. Be thankful to God for this. Understand that because you are in Christ, it is the one thing, it is the greatest thing about who you are as a human being. You are not condemned. By the incomprehensible grace of God, you and me are in Christ Jesus. We are not condemned. It is a show trial. The verdict has been delivered already. The sentence has been carried out. God's justice perfectly satisfied. Putting us on trial again would be like double jeopardy. Can't be tried again. In Christ, we've been acquitted. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday School and Adult Bible Study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. If you're listening to this podcast, you're cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. In addition to our traditional worship services, we will continue to create our podcasts and post video versions of our divine services. Links to a video version of our church services can be found on our website, www.stmarksbemidji.org. 
Our services will continue to be live streamed at 8 a.m. Sunday mornings and are posted for later viewing if this time is inconvenient for you. If you have any questions or would like to hear more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a positive review and telling a friend.